Hello, my name is Will, Will Flom. I have a podcast called Phlogistine, and this is this recording is for that, as well as for the sort of crowdsourced podcast for the Change My View subreddit, who sent me a message saying they might want an audio recording, which I appreciate, and thank you very much. And I will send this over, and, and if you can use it, that'd be great. So thank you. And the idea behind the Change My View subreddit is... Not surprisingly, somebody writes in something and says, change my view. This is supposed to be something you actually believe, and people are supposed to make a sincere effort to change your mind. And it's a good, it's a good idea because uh, there are things where you believe strongly and you want to see what the other, other people, how other people see the same issue as you do. So I posted on Change My View subreddit a, a little text box with the headline or the the, the, the the header of this message was that it is impossible to uh, deal with environmental problems, environmental change, climate change, without also addressing income or wealth inequality um, worldwide and within society, like within the United States. And I got a lot of responses. I don't know, a couple hundred people between my messages and their messages back, mostly people who didn't agree with me. So there was quite an exchange. And before I get into that exchange, I just want to step back and go back to the whole idea of change my mind. Uh, in the most profound sense, when you change your mind or when you, your worldview or perspective changes dramatically, and then you, take a, you look back at where you, how you used to see things a couple of years ago or a year ago or even a month ago, and that it's radically different now. You have a different sense of reality. Um, that experience is something that I've also, on another subreddit, or I've, I've watched, which is, for example, ex-Muslim. That is a subreddit of, of people who, have, who are no longer Muslim, who were raised as Muslims and have decided not to be Muslim. So uh, there, there is a phenomenon where you change your mind. People will say there, there's things that they now see as absurd or crazy that they themselves were saying not six months ago. And I had a similar experience. Um, I was a Democrat, or a, uh, despite not always enthusiastically supporting everything about the Democratic Party, I more or less was a liberal or a Democrat. And following the 2016 experience, I became a radical and a socialist and I, or something. Uh, I don't even really like the whole socialism thing because it's too confining and it's not exactly what it, it too many definitions and it, it's it's loaded term although it's also important to use the term um so i'll explain that but i'm just saying it's better than use a term it's it's better if i sort of explain how i see the world now versus how i saw it then because i feel like the people i was arguing with on this subreddit were me two years ago there wasn't that long ago where i didn't and now I look back and I wonder why I didn't. I didn't question things fundamentally enough. I was, I thought, um, educated and observant and willing to challenge my own beliefs, but or whatever it is, but I was not actually doing a good job. I didn't see, uh, I skepticism of the media, of course, you, you learn something like that in school, or you learn to critically evaluate sources in college and in academia and so forth. But I didn't learn to critically anal analyze them sufficiently until I've experienced the last couple of years. And I feel like I've changed 
to a level of complete suspicion. And similarly on government. Obviously, everybody in America talks about the mistakes or problems in the past or even currently, uh, but there's an underlying uh, consideration that there is progress and that the system is basically salvageable or, or fundamentally works and that, for example, racism, we had slavery, but we got better. And that took a while. We should have been faster. And then we had the civil rights movement, which was real progress. Well, now I don't think it was real progress. And I think this idea of progress, I'm suspicious of that. Uh, and I should have been before. I mean, it's not like I wasn't aware of some of the... the, the I was very well-educated and aware of things, but I, I didn't actually put all the pieces together until fairly late. And I'm embarrassed about it. I mean, like, you could take Foucault. Oh, that's some kind of postmodernism, and it's some guy in France running his mouth, and, and if you talk about Foucault, that's because you're an academic, and it's some sort of academic discussion, and you're just talking about Foucault to sound educated and cool and hip in the academic sense. Well, wait a second. But there were some things he was, he was saying that should have, that are not that. I don't blame him personally. I just think the system of transmitting the information in such a way as to neuter it of all potential um, significance. Um, that, uh, For example, about punishment. His whole idea, this is just one out of a million bunch of ideas, but here's one, that, that, that you had the time when somebody would have been executed in the public square to show that you cannot challenge the king's authority. But as time went on, it became clear that maybe the king doesn't want you to know that it's his authority because you're going to cut off his head. So if things go wrong, then he's to blame. So you just so that so over time, the power is dispersed, and you don't know who to blame. And then it's not because we're more humane that we develop prisons instead of public torture, but in order to send a different message about power and to make sure that power is more. Uh, firm and that they, we have less of independence and autonomy and, and so on. And whether you not you think it's right, that degree of skepticism is where I am now. The whole concept is flawed of punishment, for example. But then going back to U.S. government, that the Constitution is clearly designed to maintain a system of Republican aristocracy or inequality. That's what it is for. That's what is always done. There are almost no good Supreme Court decisions in the entire history of the country, and there's not supposed to be. They are not supposed to do anything but what they are doing, which is uh, undermining the, the, the power of the people and proponing the power of the elite and the entrenched elite. And that's what they've always done. That's what they, they haven't changed at all. And that's always been the mission, and that the Constitution is not really governing how the, the government operates. Um, that's a fiction that has been, and, and that these elections are a show, and so forth and so forth. Uh, but that wasn't what I put in this discussion on the subreddit. That was about economics. And here on economics, I've come to believe that the dominant form of capitalist ideology the neoliberal cap, uh, ideology that's been around for 30 more years, dominant, um, and even other variants of the ideology are as false and irrational and, and, and manipulative as anything dreamed up by Joseph Stalin, uh, Vladimir Lenin, uh, Joseph Goebbels, or Mao Zedong, or under their regimes. Um, 
the advantage of those communist models is that people didn't, they weren't very effective in their propaganda versus the system we're in now, but that the whole thing is a complete fiction from school to the media, the whole thing. There's idea after idea, which is false and wrong that people are fed day after day after day and they can't see past it. And I feel like I broke through and now I see, right? And I'll explain how I know I'm right now versus how I, I thought differently two years ago and now I think, think that I'm right and then my, myself from two years and previous is wrong. So I'm going to tell you why. But, but first of all, the people that I was responding to on that subreddit are buying it. They're buying the bullshit fed to them by the, the ruling elite, by the party. And it's basically peasants arguing in favor of aristocrats. It's irrational. It's counterproductive. And they don't realize they're doing it. And simulacra and simulation. That, that um, I'm, I'm mentioning that because somebody else could say the same thing to me. That as they live in a simulation, that's Jean, uh, Jean Baudrillard. Baudrillard. Jean Baudrillard. It's kind of like the Matrix, the movie. Um, and I think there is a direct correlation. Uh, uh, line between uh, the philosophy of simulation and the Matrix, the movie, right? Everybody's living in a simulation, including me. So how am I going to say that they're wrong, that they're taking the media f and the, the, the mainstream media, the mainstream education system, and they're internalizing it <laughs> and they're living in a bubble, but I'm not. I actually believe that. <laughs> and even though I was in the bubble two years ago. So I, at some point, I'm going to have to address that question, because otherwise you'll say, I've got no grounds to argue against the people who, who still believe in this economy and in this ideology, which is false. And this came down in the argument for me saying that there is no reason, there's no positive reason uh, for a person to have a billion dollars, for a single individual to have that much money. <clears throat> and I was surprised that anybody would object to that just on theoretical grounds, because there is no evidence that anything good comes from that kind of accumulation of wealth. I pointed out that what you have is certain kinds of assets. If money gravitates, if the resources gravitate to that top, huge, tiny, tiny handful of people with massive amounts of power and resources, that uh, that's how you get um, startup apps that are overvalued and beachfront properties and private jets and all kinds of stuff that normal people don't need and those people want to buy, whereas the value and the, the, the resources put into the foreclosed house in my block or, or anything like that is gone or the local corner store, it's not there. The money's not there because they're not going to invest in 10,000 local stores. <laughs> they're going to buy a spaceship. Like, you know, Jeff Bezos wants to have a spaceship. So, uh, um, and that came up in the discussion. So, uh, that's one problem with that, that uh, extreme resources. The other is environmental. Rich people who are immune to the pressure of, of, of um, cost are not going to save energy. That, was the, that went back to what recently happened in France with the Yellow Vest movement where people protested the diesel, the, the increase on diesel uh, taxes, which I agree with. Until you ban private jets, why are you increasing my taxes? And, uh, you know, if you increase diesel taxes on me, yes, I will stop using as much diesel. 
Um, but as long as somebody can fly around in a private jet and have a 50,000-square-foot beach house as his third residence, why am I asked to conserve? Now, it may be true that the middle class of the first world is causing a lot of trouble for the environment, but why should we start with that group? Why don't we start with the group who proportionally is doing the vast amount of damage to the economy, to the economy and to the um, environment? Let's start with them, because there's no productive reason. There's nothing good about it. And, and the only reason you think there's something good about it is because the universities that you went to, the, the schools that you attended, and the media that you listened to are all owned by them, and they're telling you that it is okay. It is okay. I think it is not okay. I think it is obscene and disgusting and outrageous for an individual to have a billion dollars. It's corrosive to the democracy. It's absurd. <laughs> and for that much power to be concentrated in the hands of one person, you don't have a democracy. So all that's quite obvious to me. And it should have been obvious to all of us following the 2008 crash. The neoliberals had everything they wanted. It was maximum deregulation. The free hand of the market was as free as it's ever going to be. There is no way for them not to, to, to blame the government or anybody else for that crash. It had nothing to do with the government. The, the, uh, the credit default swap market, the mortgage market, the government was deregulating. They got what they wanted, and it collapsed in a total abysmal failure. They came running to the government and $15 trillion in the United States and Europe, trillion, was transferred from the public to the private domain to bail them out. And then they pretend like that didn't happen. And they make excuses about sovereign debt, which didn't cause the crisis. Over-leveraged banks contributed to it. And it's not even that... Uh, and then they tried... And then the whole thing with the uh, subprime mortgages. It wasn't the subprime borrowers who caused any problem, and they should have been, uh, there should be a way for them to borrow. It's just that you mislabeled those assets as prime. That's the problem. Not, and so all of a sudden after this, the only people that are punished by the, the, this collapse were people that are poor trying to buy a house. That was the problem, is too many poor people bought a house. That's not the problem. The problem was fraudulent presentation of assets as better quality than they were, and, among other problems. And then, so, you know, in the late 70s, we had inflation, high inflation, high unemployment. According to Keynes, that shouldn't happen. So we got to get rid of Keynes. It's not even socialism. It's just Keynesian economics. We got to get rid and go to um, neoliberal economics and market dominance and deregulation. Why? Because it failed. Look at, look at, in 1978, it failed. It barely failed. It wasn't even that bad inflation and that bad unemployment compared to the complete and utter failure of your philosophy, which you then didn't abandon when it proved to be false. And it goes on and on and on. We got this free trade. Somehow being protectionist is a bad word or whatever. But, you know, just look at history. No country, except for Britain in the early 19th century, late 18th century, no country has ever become rich based on free trade. Britain was the first to industrialize, so they didn't have any competition. But, you know, Korea in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s. China in the 1990s. Uh, the United States in the 1880s. Germany in the 1870s, 1880s, 1890s. There's just no example where the state didn't conspire to create a market and get rich. Uh, the difference between Korea in 1970 and 
Argentina in 1970, where that would be the classic case where protectionism failed and import substitution failed in Argentina, is that Korea was allowed to um, have a protected market by the United States for um, geopolitical reasons. So there you go. That's more of it. It's like... It's, it, it's just one lie after another lie after another lie about the economy, the government. And so all I'm saying is if you want to actually fix the environment, you can't have um, people flying around in private jets. Now, you might say, well, private jets only contribute 2% of the carbon of this. And Okay, well, in and of themselves, the very tiny amount of people that are that rich are pumping so much more carbon in the atmosphere than, than whole countries for an individual. Um, but beyond that, it's corrosive to the whole project of everybody coming together and tackling this problem together. You can't do that when they're building, uh, when you got billionaires who think they're going to buy an island with a high seawall that's going to be protected, and they're not in it with us. You know, if the world goes down they're going to find a way to build a wall around themselves. And they've made that pretty clear. And as long as that's the case, you're never going to get a public policy that people are going to support. And as long as your government is a fiction and a lie, and the elections don't matter, and, what, who, and the Constitution is a fiction that's not actually how the government runs, if the media is continually lying, there is no way to build a consensus. If you have a small number of oligarchs and other interests that conspire to present lie after lie after lie, you cannot build consensus among the people to work together to pay a little bit more diesel tax in France, right? Why should they pay? They don't trust anything that's coming down the pike, and they shouldn't. And why should, you know, why is it that, uh, are you telling me that the problem in the environment is that I'm taking a plastic bag from the supermarket? Yeah, it's you, you in that plastic bag. Meanwhile, you've got uh, the military and billionaires just tearing through the world at a rapid rate, corporations who get off scot-free. And it's the media that they own that's telling you to get rid of your plastic bag as if that is going to solve the problem. And you're not going to solve the problem without some kind of dramatic revolutionary change. And I don't know when it's going to come or how it's going to come, but you first need to prepare your mind. And being the kind of bootlicker that we saw in that uh, discussion on Reddit is not going to help. You're not helping the world. You're not helping yourself. Go ahead and help yourself. I'm not against you. I want you to have a good life. But you're not going to get it um, by buying this, this garbage. Okay, let's go and look at a few things that we were talking about in there. So, um, um, uh, let's see what there is. Uh, I, I, I said that it was actually deranged for a billionaire to want more money. Um, and... Because like, if you have a billion dollars, and what do you say? Um, uh, oh, I know what I need, more money. I think that's, that's sick. But anyway, um, so this was a common, this happened more, and I kept answering the same thing over and over, but here's one. What is the threshold for rich? What is the acceptable level of inequality? And I wrote, there's no one clear standard. There's no way to draw a clear line that is fair and workable in all places, all times. Nevertheless, there can be a standard. 
Maybe it should be that the richest person in an organization should have more, not more than 50 times of the poorest paid, or there should be some kind of inequality. So anyway, I was just saying that, and then I went on to say that there's no rule that is always true, that everything has a degree of arbitrariness to it. Um, uh, so I said that, that was actually, you know, that's a reasonable comment. And I thought, uh, you know, if you're going to say lead, I had an example of lead poisoning, lead poisoning used to be 10 parts per million. Now it's five. Um, if you put it to one part per million, everybody would have lead poisoning. So you can't do that, but it turns out there's more consequences to five, uh, than people had imagined earlier. So they lowered the standard in order to give people health insurance to cover their treatment for lead poisoning. Okay, so you change the standard. Well, is it what's the right number? Five, ten, seven? Uh, well, let's see. Um, so then somebody said, I'm jealous. We also, um, um, and then what's my plan, which I actually introduced my plans in there. I, I think it's not that hard to do. To, I mean, the Social Security system, for example, is very good at transferring money from young to old. And it would be very effective at transferring um, wealth from rich to non-rich. It would be very efficient and it's very good at it. Um, wealth redistribution is immoral because... And then uh, it's, I'm trying to find some good ones here. And then, and here's at one point I said, how are you going to complain if the standard is $500 million? You're left with $500 million and you're going to complain that somehow the system is unfair. And he says, how are you going to complain when you aren't a near slave in Libya who just transversed the Sahara yourself. It's all relative. A dollar is, a do is not a dollar. A dollar is what we think a dollar is, so it's entirely relative. Well, that's the same arbitrary, there's no clear-cut line argument that we had before. And here, here's another one. You can, I said, if one person has enough resources to fly around in a private jet while other people are dying to ride a swimming pool dinghy across the Mediterranean, that's clearly immoral. So he said, replace flying around a private jet with literally any other first world activity, spending $1,000 on a purse, taking a cruise to Alaska, repainting your house to impress your neighbors. If that's the case, then the cutoff between immoral and immoral is 100% subjective. So again, just because you can't draw a fixed line, somehow it's okay for one person to have $300 billion. I don't, I don't see it. And if you're going to do that, then the speed limit has to be, there can't be a speed limit because why should it be 55? Why couldn't it be 54? <laughs> why couldn't it be 56 what's your what's your evidence that i mean even in things like lead poisoning where you have some science there's still no fixed number and if that's the only argument i can find in here i'm looking for another argument i'm telling you that if you took the the wealth of three individuals the three richest individuals in, in america left them still billionaires so that i don't really know what they're going to complain about you could double the wealth of half the people in the country 160 million people double their wealth that will that you know early childhood in early childhood it like it's it's becoming increasingly clear that what happens to you in your first couple of years determines your lifespan if your parents are stressed when you're 1 years old and you're not getting enough attention and you're stressed that stress on the early child takes years off your life, which is why in America people who are in the bottom 25% of wealth live 14 years less than the people in the top 25%. That's immoral. And you could correct it and you still have the guys running around in the, in a bill, as in the billionaires. And then what are they going to complain about? I mean, you're talking about human life. And these guys are going with this, this arbitrary thing that doesn't make any logical sense. I'm looking for another argument. All right, well, here's somebody coming back to the lead paint ruin. 
The level required for this is a comment I responded to. Okay, the level required. The user's name is Z R O P Z, and since the usernames can be quite complicated, I haven't put them all in. I'll send you a link, and you can go check it out. The level required for lead poisoning is descriptive; is an objective biological standard. Which changes? I added. Which changes? The question we're asking is: What level of lead harm harms people? Again, one does harm. <laughs> It does harm. So you could put it at one, but then everybody has lead poisoning. So they made the rational decision to put it at five. But it's not like you look at the science and you know what number. But anyway, this is what he said. However, your claim is perspective. So he's trying to say that the lead thing is science and mine is perspective. But it's wrong. That's wrong. But here's what he says. Your claim is perspective, or she. We are asking what wealth cap should we have? This cannot be answered through our things of experiment, since it's a moral question. Well, the answer to what the level of lead poisoning, the definition of lead poisoning, cannot be answered through experiments. We know that lead is not good for you. One is not good for you. Two, three, four, five, ten. Might take a few IQ points off for you. Five, probably two. We don't even know exactly how much, because that's not how it works. You've got a population of a million people who have lead at five. You know, 950,000 of them, or there's no sign that it did anything to them, but 50,000 lost some, some IQ points. So it's bad. <laughs> well, only 50,000 people. Well, that's a lot of people. So, you, so, so what if you could take um, the three richest Americans and make them billionaires instead of 110 billion, 90 billion billionaires, right? They're still billionaires. And take that money and apply it to 160 of the poorest people in the country and so such that their children live 10 more years uh, on average or five more years, I say that that's a good thing to do. Well, you can't do it because you hurt the economy. That's always what they told us, right? You can't, you can't regulate the market because it'll hurt the economy. So we didn't regulate the, the economy. And what happened? It tanked like a, it dropped like a lead balloon. So now we're still supposed to believe you. Why are you still believing these people? They lied to you. All right. I don't think these billionaires are writing into to Reddit, you know? These are regular people. And they're, they're like, oh, yes, massa, please give me another. That's basically what you're doing. Whip me again. I don't really want your money. You can keep it. Fools. Now let's go back to some of these comments. Okay, here's another one. Another absolutely gigantic reason why this is problematic. It's not actually possible to take money from the rich and help the poor with it, at least not on a large enough scale. How exactly would you help the poor if you were in charge of distributing $100 billion? If you think that through, you'll see that the downside in the long term will always outweigh the economic damage done by taxing in the first place. Okay, first of all, I didn't say tax. Um, secondly, that's wrong. And I wrote an article called Reshuffle the Deck. You can use my last name, P-F-L-A-U-M, Reshuffle the Deck. You should be able to find it. So it's really simple. What would, 100 billion is not enough. So uh, Jeff Bezos has 150 billion. We're going to take 149 from him. Uh, Bill Gates has 85 billion. We're going to take 84 billion from him, and we're going to keep on going through all the billionaires. That's going to be trillions of dollars. In fact, it's going to be enough that it would be roughly a seventy or eighty thousand dollars per man, woman, and child in the United States of America, and we'd still have a lot of billionaires. What makes you think that's going to be bad for the economy if everybody got that kind of money? And, and what do you mean it's not possible? Here's what you do. Jeff Bezos and his team walk into a room. We say there's a new law. You can't have that much money. Show us what you got. Don't lie or you're going to go to jail. Same with you guys who work for him. Okay, here's all these stocks and bonds. We are going to take that from you. Thank you for your time. Now go home. You get a pile of stocks and bonds. 
you put them in an account, you reshuffle the deck, and everybody gets an account. The account could be, um, so it's not going to be fair because the v- value of the bonds, and it's going to be random. Some people are going to get more than others. And in, in my article, I would um, also um, take care of things like uh, reparations, um, uh, dealing with the American original sin of racism, which we could do at the same time and not hurt anybody except for the billionaires. I don't call that hurting them because they shouldn't have that much money. It, also, the charity thing and they're giving away money to... It's just... it's a, One person gives it to, 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 to... George Soros gives it to Democrats and the Koch brothers give it to Republicans and it's just wasting the money. One fighting the other one's battle. They're fighting each other with their money. It's not contributing to the development of society at all. And the Gates Foundation and then uh, uh, Zuckerman going into the Newark schools. None of that helps. Well, what's his name? Zuckerberg, the Facebook clown. Anyway, so uh, the, the, what the author is describing would lead to a gigantic economic collapse. The marketplace would be flooded with people selling their stock, their home, their cars. Okay, first of all, I didn't say that. So I, I, I mean, in my reshuffle the deck act, I don't think, I think it would, the economy would boom like crazy if you also did it with some protectionism for domestic industry. It's going to... Uh, mean that people are not going to be that interested in some low-wage jobs. Um, and, and there has to be some kind of system. It's not that easy, but we figured out the Social Security system, and we're going to figure out everybody to get an account. Maybe they can borrow against it. Maybe they can't sell the um, total value of it for a certain number of years. Um, and it's not going to be fair, totally fair, but it'll be more fair than the system we have now. It'll certainly be more democratic. And here's what I said to that. Whenever neoliberals say that if they don't get their way, the economies will collapse, you should remember 2008, and I've already covered that. Suddenly selling off a major portion of the world's assets. I didn't say suddenly sell them off. I said take them away and redistribute them. Um, And so then there's this arbitrary thing. Um, uh, So anyway, I, I don't find an argument in here. I, as far as I'm concerned, I won, <laughs> because there's no argument. There's just this, okay, anyway, even you have a hypothetical inv- uh, economic collapse. That's what's stopping you from redistributing the wealth, a hypothetical economic collapse when we had a real economic collapse caused by not redistributing the wealth. We cured it by giving money to Citibank, $470 billion uh, at least, to Citibank in a low-interest loan. If you had given me a low-interest loan of $740 billion, oh, but they paid it back. I'd pay it back and I'd be rich. What are you talking about? Of course they paid it back. Why don't you give me that loan? (laughs) What did Citibank do other than pick Obama's cabinet, as we now know from WikiLeaks? You need to wake up and smell the coffee, people. The whole thing is a fraud. Elections, economy, the whole thing. The whole thing. And now how do I know? That gets back to that whole matrix thing. How do I know that what I'm thinking now is right and what I was thinking two years ago is wrong? And that's what I do think. Now, here's how I've decided that it's certainly true that I am in some kind of matrix because I have sources as well, right? If you want to put it like the matrix, that everybody has their own... um, I said Gene Boludar. I'm mispronouncing his last name. Boludar. That whole concept, it's a 1980s philosopher, um, and I think if you Google it in relationship to the movie The Matrix, you'd probably find out what I'm talking about. Um, 
But you should also check out the podcast Philosophize This with um, um, West. His name is West, and he does Philosophize This, and he has an episode on it, and then you'll know what I'm talking about because he does an excellent job. But um, there, I mean, there's a source. So I've got that source. I've got my sources. I've got my bubble, just like everyone else. But my bubble is almost all voluntary. There's no billionaire behind any of my bubble. So there's no military money behind anybody in my bubble, right? So that's how you'll know where, whether your bubble is accurate or potentially accurate or not. Where does the money come from? Who's promoting the agenda? Who's interested is it in to promote that agenda, right? The bubble that I'm in, I can't see anybody as a puppet master. There is no apparent puppet master. Like uh, Jason West, I think that's his name. He does a podcast. He's a guy who lives in Washington State, and he just does a podcast. Where is the, the puppet master behind him? So that's one. Uh, not that he agrees with me, but at least I, he's a very good, he does a very excellent podcast. He's a good source. That's one. Or if we take a book like, um, I re- recently read a book called Two Cheers for Anarchism. There's nobody told him he had to write that book. <laughs> um, and I downloaded it and listened to it um, as an audiobook. So, you know, and there's that source. And I can go on and on and on. Um, whereas if I read the stuff in the Washington Post, who owns the Washington Post? Okay. Who owns the New York Times? Okay. CNN? Okay. Academia? If there was a... uh, Academia, where do they get their money? Uh, If they want to build a new building or uh, have a... You know, like uh, Stanford just got a huge amount of money from the Nike guy, Knight, to have this thing where they have graduate students from all over the world get together at an enormous cost for no apparent purpose, right? Well, if they criticized the corporate system, would he? if there was obvious that, that Stanford was not aligned with the goals of the corporate structure, that there was many professors from Stanford who are arguing that the boards of directors should include employees and that we should have an international trading system that is designed primarily to benefit the interests of workers in the environment. Uh, if that was the case, would Nike be giving Stanford that kind of donation? Right. So that's how you know. <laughs> and you got to evaluate your sources. Public school is paid for by the government, which in turn is owned by the same oligarchs. Right? So it goes from kindergarten right up through, and there's nationalism, and the military is part of it, of course, right? They're infecting every part of society, and it's a giant fraud, and I can't believe people will promote the interests of their masters on Reddit, servile, bootlicking, nonsensical comments (laughs) that I would have made myself two years ago. So I'm not hating on you. Because you just need to wake up. So that's what I had to say. I really appreciate the chance to, to argue with everybody on the change my view. You didn't change my view, not even the slightest little bit. Um, but my view did change radically in the last two views. My view is changeable, but I'm not by that garbage. Because you didn't give me no kind of argument. Y'all lost. You had no argument. All right? And I see one kind of argument. said that arbitrary thing. That's about it. Over and over again. And collapse the economy. Both of those are nonsense. One is hypothetical by a source of 
of knowledge which proved to be exactly opposite of right. That's called wrong, 2008. They, they went down the tank and you're still quoting them like it's science or something. It's not science. Oh, the economy would be... Uh, that's not true. <laughs> Just look what happened in 2008. They, the smartest, the brightest, they got everything they wanted and what happened? Clinton, under the Clinton administration, Bush administration, all over the world, riding triumphant, the end of history. Remember that? And they, they, can, they can invade Iraq. They can do whatever they want. Imperialism is, is at maximum. No resistance. No opposition to their neoliberal ideology. And the whole thing came crashing down upon us. But we're supposed to believe that if we redistribute the wealth, somehow that's going to cause an economic collapse because they won't be able to invest $70 billion in a ridiculous app. So, and then the arbitrary thing. I mean, come on, man. That's not even an argument. I won that. Y'all lost. Everybody on that line, all y'all lost. Let me just put it to you like that. You lost. It was, a, it was a total, I was one guy against a whole bunch of these neoliberals, and I whooped their ass. <laughs> all right. See y'all later.